When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a friend of mine. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Welcome to the party, pal. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Oh, Steve understands the meaning of the word pals, don't you, Steve? So you got three, four good pals. Well, then you got yourself a tribe. And you in this search for something, Jenny. I can feel you rally around someone with your peers. But can you stand alone? Can you take the long way home? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Michael Govier. This is the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. I got a man that is long, long overdue to be on this show. It's the one, the only... The loudmouth, the legend, also very, very intelligent. He's not just some loud asshole from New York City. He's an intelligent, thoughtful, very, very substantial human being with a lot under the hood. Give it up for Johnny L. MLB moving averages. Also, hey, NFL season's up coming around the corner, so he's NFL moving averages as well. Am I wrong? Yes, I'm a very intelligent asshole. Thank you. Yeah, damn right you are. Not Not no regular a hole. Only the only the finest, only the finest a-holes are known to grace the Palazzo podcast. That's true. And, you know, it's the first time you've been on the show, and it's way overdue. It's not an intentional yeah. slight. It's just how life goes sometimes. Like, we've talked. Uh, we've had you on the First Aid podcast a couple oh, years ago. Excellent. That was I'll never forget that. That thing still exists today. I strongly recommend if you're interested in life, you have questions about the world around you, everything, uh, financial stuff. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Hard lessons from maturity. It's still available on the First Day Podcast. You could go check the YouTube out or the audio version on the podcast for the First Day Pod. Check that one out. Johnny really came with it. It's what yeah. it's seriously. It was a two parter. It was three hours long. It was a hell of a conversation. So it really was. Uh, it was. It was big yeah. time. So how, how you been, John? What's the word out there, man? What's going on? Everything's really cool. Everything's great. You know, middle of baseball season, and it, once it starts, it's an absolute tornado. Then for some of us, you mentioned NFL. I actually got a gig at the Athletic. I'll be doing, you know, football content in public for the first time, which is really cool. I've always been into it and betting and handicapping it, but I have never really provided, especially on a fantasy end or weekly stuff, which would be a lot of fun. But with that, you know, comes the responsibility of, you know, me. I'm very kind of compulsive and competitive. I want to make sure that you know my. Well, it's the truth, especially with football. And in particular, in the offseason, when it comes to like player moves and stuff, you really got to be on top of it. And you got to be careful because you see a lot of people kind of make those mistakes and get dogpiled. 
So yeah. at nighttime and on the weekend, you know, I'm doing the Mayo show Monday through Friday. And on the Pat weekend, Mayo Media Network. Yeah, it's been going pretty well. Thanks. It, the Corks Dot Show is a lot of fun. Yeah, so you can check it out. Corks Dots on YouTube, Mayo Media Network. It's a lot of fun. Um, on the weekends, I'll, I'm really shifting and going all football to make sure, you know, doing best ball drafts and really getting through all the player pages and just listening to podcasts and stuff to make sure that I'm sharp. But even though it's work, I've always been the type where I my hobbies are kind of like work. So to get away, as much as I love baseball, and, you know, sure. liking football doesn't take from baseball at all. It's just baseball is so immersive that if you allow yourself, and that's sometimes I enjoy too much. I finish Monday through Friday, and, dude, I have the tweets to prove it. You know, the first tweets at 5.45 a.m., the last tweets at 12.30 a.m. I remember you used to pitch at Fangraphs because their stats weren't up. You'd be up so early, and the night's prior yep. stats weren't there. Like, Dude, Fangraphs, let's go. Get up. I, and I was beating the updates. And, you know, so it never ends. But then Saturday comes around, so I started working a six-day. And even if I'm not doing the show, I'm still doing the Patreon page, the handicap and the algorithm, the spreadsheet, all that stuff. Then Sunday rolls around. It's like, wow, noon baseball. How do you not? How do you not get down with some noon baseball? But what it's I don't know is, if everybody loves that. <laughs> they kind of blur. They kind of blur. Well, I, let's put it this way: at the very least, if you're really into fantasy, even if it's not betting, man, there's 12 games simultaneously going on, right? That yep. at that middle point, like 2:30 in the afternoon, when the other everything started at 3:30, there's so much going on. My point being that you got to be careful not to just. And I don't mean to speak negatively of it. So it's just really the analogy. Oh, wow. But, like, yeah. but you know, to be careful when you stare into the abyss for too long, right? Be careful of that, lest ye become it, right? You know, and that's that's the truth. That's the truth. You have to be careful. I, I could speak personally when I used to write about finance and politics. Oh. Falling into that. And we, well, now we see the half the, half the nation has fallen into that. The... Ugh allowing the discussion of politics and the negative energy that could come with it to just ruin everything, to kind of create waste of time, which affects their regular output, which most probably affects some type of personal relationship in their real life. So And their, inner, me- their inner health. Yeah, well, their entire I mean. health. Yeah. And something you, of course, I don't have to tell you about how that kind of stress can lead to being sick physically, emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise, which, and if you want to get, you know, not say nasty, but cold about it, which all of those things are things that I make sure to measure because they affect your wallet. And no, I don't care what <laughs> that, that may just be me, but I know for a fact when work or personal and things get into work, they take root and can negatively affect it. So this is all part of what we're talking about, how, even though things are getting really busy, I'm trying to make sure to always be balancing. So like right now it's Monday through Friday, baseball, Saturday, football. And then most importantly, Sunday is unplugging with family, friends, the like, you know, trying to fulfill, fulfill myself with the other stuff. Because I think sustainability is really at the root of it all, man. You know, a lot of work. Yes, absolutely. But come football season, are you're busy on Sunday or no? Because that's a big day, right? Well, I am very fortunate, although it was part of the it was part of the criteria, right, when I got married, that football in my house is kind of a thing. So even if it's just me, my wife, I and the two kids home, we make sure we're we're actually up every morning with the sun on Sunday throughout the fall and winter to make sure all the errands are done. So come red zone. We're home. (laughs) 
and we do seven hours of uninterrupted commercial free football, you know? Oh yeah, like, sure. And, and then, which is funny. I don't, I can't remember if I've watched a Sunday night game in the past like decade. Cause I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I just can't do, I don't know. I, if feel you do on that. I can't do I, anymore. Yeah, when, I play DFS. You, that's it. I got to do my DFS showdown on Sunday night, but you're right. Otherwise I couldn't care less. But do you even play the whole day? I have found even to that effect. I prefer my DFS early only. I like to just, but even my four o'clock, I'm like taxed, man. You know? Uh, you know what? You know, the problem is I had an episode last year. I remember this very clearly. You might remember this game because well, are you a Giants fan? Are you a Jets fan Jets football fan, wise? Which also is very You're, taxing. Oh, dude, that it, dude. Well, I'm about fucking Detroit here. Detroit Lions. I mean, the oh, Lions. Yeah, yeah, the, at least the Jets what? won a Super Bowl 50 years ago, but the Lions have nothing. So it's that sad. It's so bad, and they yeah. tax your. They take everything from you. They take. They take everything from us well, here in Detroit. But, you know what's but funny? I would say, hold on. I would say maybe they're not so disappointed because you don't get your hopes up. But last year they were they were hanging into every game. So they real. I remember that they made sure to disappoint everybody last year. Over and over again. They, when they beat the you know, when the Jets beat the Titans last year, that was exciting. I remember that. There was a few highlights. The Jets only and they beat the best teams last year. That was weird, but that was the same. Okay, maybe that was the same week I'm talking about. So my example of my anger getting out of control with gambling, particularly on betting football, not DFS, which is still oh. gambling. But I just want to be clear: it was a I had done a parlay. I done he did a three team parlay and four yeah you know, four teamer, and I got three of them right. It was looking good, and then somehow the goddamn Giants. Just came back in the fourth quarter against the Saints. You might remember this game. Danny Jones just came alive. It was in New Orleans last year, like week four. And they just took over the game after the Saints had rolled him up. And this was right before Winston got a torn knee and lost for the year. And I got so angry because of that. It was such a reminder of why I didn't want to be involved in NFL or really sports gambling again because I... I don't have, I didn't have the constitution for it. I didn't have the disposition to accept the reality of, hey, odds are you very well might lose, Mike, and you need to be prepared for that. And if you're not prepared for that and you're going to be shitty the rest of the day, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Well, how about this? There's a very good lesson in that. I, I think the one thing I want to push back on, and it's it's to hopefully to help you a bit, is you, you immediately went to kind of attack your own traits and abilities and while i think you know there's a element of that right you're the person involved it's not a you thing and this i was actually just talking to welsh about this if you watch the um betting pro stuff with chris welsh he's really Ooh, sharp you know, and he is sharp. you're my and boy blue yeah he, he's uh they're they're, they're really so great it's um it, it's it's the lack of focus, and I think it's from poor teaching, and I think that's what it is. I want to let you off the hook. It's not that you're a bad person. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're just a bad student because you never had a good teacher, and you have to. It's not about even the emotional connection, because I think it's okay to root. I I actually root pretty hard in between the whistles. And I think there's another lesson there is once it's over, you must disconnect. I hoot and holler like a mofo. You know why? Because I don't want too much of a pressure buildup behind the valve, right? We are, I know I'm a human and I, I as cold and disciplined as I am, not that I even want to be. I am after years of being battle tested, which comes after falling flat in your face multiple times. But you know that I am a person and I do want it. So it is okay. So it's not that you shouldn't ever express mike that's what i'm saying is there's more of a time and a place to express 
that then must be paired with real discipline of disconnection. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. you're at fault, but I think there's a bit of perspective lost. And then if I could expand one more, I'll give everyone just a week on my show. We call it the feather in the cap that, you know, that hopefully people will leave with tomorrow. We'll give them something to think about is this is a, a lesson that I learned is actually from trading, which is really a, a big part of the reason why I'm even good at sports betting. It's not because I can't, it's not because I'm good at predicting the winner. That's like my sixth or seventh best trait. Right. And <laughs> it's, well, it's the truth. It's risk management. It's yeah. your, it is disposition. It's execution. It's consistency. It's back testing. It's your own model. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that before you even make a pick or what, forget what happens. That's why I don't care what I lose because I've already, the business is settled. You can't be married to the outcome, but here's the lesson. And it's, if you find yourself either too high or too low based on an outcome that's about to be decided, it means you bet too much. It's pretty simple because think of it this way. Had you had five cents on that parlay, would you have been upset? Nope. All right. So then more likely than not, the center, the, the crux of it, right, the focus, the reason for that frustration is money. So if you just turn that dial down, you, you can alleviate it. Try that. And <laughs> the way that you figure out, well, how much do I bet? Where you start pacing. If if $10 doesn't make you pace, $10 is a good number. Go for 20. The 20 Bankroll management. And there it is. Now, I like to use a calculator and not the tread marks on my carpet, but the analogy is still, <laughs> the, you know, the analogy is still the same. You have, that part is a must. And that's where the coldness must be. Because if you really, really care about the money, you already kind of effed up. And now yeah. you can't control it. And I would say you're most likely, if, at least anecdotally, you're going to lose nine out of 10 of those in the first place. Here is a bit of, well, what could you do? I don't ever like to just give people a problem. I like to give solutions. Is what? and this is somewhere you can get into trouble is live betting. So now immediately, oh, yeah. immediately when you said you were you completed three of four legs and you were ahead in the third game late. I could have cashed out. <laughs> there were, well, I, well, not only that, I was gonna say there were probably some pretty good Uh, I dropped for a second. Do you got me? There you are. You're back. Right. Yeah, yeah it dropped for, but so anyway, you if you're in a position where you have one, three or four legs already, and you're ahead of the third one, you could have got the Saints at probably good money to win outright. You would have been able to kind of reverse it. And that's where in a position where you were in line for a big payday, four to one, it would have been worth it to have taken a piece of that R, the risk, and you could have hedged that out and gone to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's sure. the and that's a, that's the difference between you and I. It's just you didn't have that piece of information. So how can it be your fault? The teaching, the teaching is maliciously subpar, let's call it right now. <laughs> because the people that make money off bad bets are employing the teachers. Yeah. Who is so who, yeah. 
well, I don't have a job teaching people how to gamble at the win because I'm actually teaching people how to win. <laughs> why, would they, why would they pay me? They're not going right. to pay me. They're going to pay the person that's good at carrying a $40,000 handbag that they don't own, standing in front of a car that they don't own, telling you how you're going to parlay 10 no-run first innings at once and win a Mercedes <sighs> tonight for $5. Vegas Dave? Well, I mean, he... He's that he's a different example, although I was using an amalgamation of scammers. He he's sure. a little I haven't seen him in a bit. I wonder if he's just kind of cashed out and gone to pasture. I haven't seen him in a bit. Although he, there yeah. are some there are some pretty crazy stories about that guy as well. But big time, hey, big listen, time. Yeah. No. Well, anyway. well, hey, look, we got Johnny L here live. Of course, you gotta follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG, MLB Moving Average. Live and uncensored here on the Palazzo Podcast. This is the Palazzo Pals edition of the show. I do a one-on-one. It's just me. Chris Radiri is very much a part of the show. We do the big show, as Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann used to call back in the day on SportsCenter. Oh, great. great. That was a great show. Uh, Legendary days of SportsCenter. ESPN's a joke now. I never watch ESPN anymore. Best sports show ever, right? Best sports show. uh, Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I can't think of a... Uh, the highlight show, hands down, the best. Like yeah. raw information with a sense of comedic flair, with a great chemistry. Yeah. Just something Being you don't excited see. Excited about the different hosts, also, because it was a rotation. There was, was yeah. right, Scott, Scott or in baseball. You it, was get Kirkland, or it was a one time off. It was a one timer, dude. Oh, it was a one off. And chemistry. Yeah, things aren't like that anymore. But it was. No, I'm no, glad no. it was. It, it doesn't have to be that way forever. But we got to experience it. Craig Kilborn. He was great, and then he ended up oh, being yeah, a look. Look know, how talented. Right, he went all the way. Yeah, yeah. Daily Show, and he had his own. Yeah, he had a different vibe so he was a talented guy on camera and, a lot and then of those Oberman oh <laughs> I am yeah I don't think I honestly don't think anyone on either side which you and I don't do sides but um he's not really likable by anyone well, anymore. Like, no. like anyone well, and again that's but that's his shtick is to be that Guy, look, he just got yeah, mentioned on a baseball yeah. podcast. He just got mentioned on a baseball podcast, and one person may click over and say, "Wow, how crazy could it be?" And it's crazier than you'd think on purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Anthony says we used to stay up late to see the highlights to see our fantasy team did. Wow, in the nineties, man, Anthony, how old are you? You're not, you're not that old. I sat next to you in Vegas a few months back. You look like you're my age. So hell, what do I know? I didn't. First time I played fantasy for for real, John. I probably was. 19 1999 i had wow. never played a fantasy prior to that what which which site was it on i actually started oh, on- oh it was yahoo this is, it's, too. Yeah, that's where everybody starts oh, man okay. yahoo was the entry point for the for anybody because back then i didn't know where else to turn for fantasy outside of hey what yahoo format, though you know mine was roto categories Mine was head to head cats. Yeah. Wait, wait. Mine, head oh, head to, I'm sorry. That head to head, head to head cats. Yeah. Sorry, not roto. Oh, I, I said roto categories as if it was weird. Roto categories is the, st- yeah. is the standard. It sounds redundant, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right there. <laughs> roto. Right there. There. I played category categories. Category well, categories. Right. No. Right. It was head to head. Right. Head to head. Cat five by five cat. And I played once, and I made it to the playoffs, and I got bamboozled. Because the person he tricked, right? He kind of tricked me. He knew what he was doing, and I didn't. And front loaded a couple pitchers and had cre- one of this this categories was K K per nine, right? Wow. So K per nine, a reliever can take advantage of quickly, you know. Yes. And yeah, he cut. They were all rate. They were all rate related, and he like he just he just beat me up, and it was like it really. And that's it wasn't fair, but I just I was like this is kind of stupid. It just felt stupid. 
I mean, <laughs> it's not I moved, the first I've time moved, I felt that way. Yeah, I've been, I moved to points. I've been playing points since. I love playing points, which is funny. Maybe because I'm good at it. I'm so bad at Roto, or at least this very what? difficult version. No more head-to-head cats? You're done with head-to-head cats? I haven't played since. I much prefer okay. head-to-head points. I much prefer okay. head-to-head points. I still I, do I, it. Yeah, I like the, what, cat, really, head-to-head cats? Our home league, uh, to this day, I've been in that for seven years. Head-to-head cats on, like on Yahoo! Yeah. Right, is there uh, a way to... 100, 100 lit player transactions for the year. For the year. So you could go crazy during any week, but once you hit 100, you're out. And then the playoffs, there's only one ad per week. Uh, okay, to avoid stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. playoffs so are, okay, and they're even good. earlier. The playoffs start yeah. in early September. Like, they're done. We have two weeks of the season that aren't even used. They don't like the variance with the people yeah. who bent. Like, your best players, they start chilling maybe yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the year. It's they true, got nothing true, to play true, for. True. I agree yeah. with that. I, I'm a, I agree with all that. I like yeah. points. I'm in actually a very kind of progressively run league because I'm near the helm of it. And yeah, we really made it awesome that we have made some serious improvements to the game. I love that. that. It's so funny. Even as, and you know what? I get nominated for a damn FSWA talking about how to, why we should get rid of the win. And still nobody Woo! cares. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Womp, it's womp. unbelievable. We should womp, 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 womp. You know what I mean? Nobody, yeah. nobody uh, cares. Nobody cares. I can do you one better. I'll give you that one. There you go. Oh, okay. that good. That's a good. That one really gets the soul. You know, that's a that's a oh, fifth yeah, I know yeah. it means a lot to you. I know it's hardcore to you. Wins and you've been trying to move us forward in fantasy baseball for a while yeah. now. You even it's did. So you've done presentations stupid. with the pitcher list events and yeah. It's I mean, so stupid. It is. When's so it gonna get through to everybody? When are we gonna it's, change? It's so unbelievably stupid. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, you want to hear some sad news? Uh, Chad says. James Kahn passed away today. So, a hey, rest in power. Oh, so li- sad. He What's really, Michigan State, by the way? Michigan fantastic. State University. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. A fantastic actor. Really fantastic. Oh, I mean, Godfather. Say no more. Yeah, James Kahn was a great man, and we hope that he has an enjoyable life. Uh, John, is there an afterlife? You know, I, I like to think <laughs> so. I do. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a definitive answer. And, what? But you don't I, have I, a definitive answer. No, how dare but you? I certainly, well, you'd be surprised how often you get definitive no. I think definitive no's exist more than definitive yeses. But either way, I'm not going to go definitive either. I, I really do like to believe that almost like scientific theory, energy is neither created nor destroyed, but transferred. So I think that's where I'm at. That like, even if there isn't a necessarily like John Legiza exists in an afterlife, I do <laughs> believe in transferred energy. Okay. Some people maybe, maybe some people think, think of that as like a soul, you know, like, so for me, like, I, if I don't know if I, you know, I think that's where I'm going. Like maybe for some the people, 21 grams, dude. Yeah. Ooh. Or 21 at once. Wow. Yeah, I'll talk about. I'll be dead. I'll be dead. I'll be dead for sure. I'll be dead for Hey-o. sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's why Johnny's here on the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, of course. Give Follow us two. on Twitter. The Discord is free. The Discord is bumping. We're up to 150 members now. If you want to just get free information and learn from the best, we got legitimate people in there that know Dynasty Fantasy redraft we got it all we're doing head-to-head we're doing roto we got it all for you and of course if you want to take it up a notch patreon starts three dollars but you don't have to times are tight i totally get it don't even sweat it but if you have the option it's yours this is john he's a friend of mine this is a friend of mine he's definitely a friend of mine here plazo pal here that's right exactly Uh, anthony's oh i mean this is a friend of mine this is a friend of mine yeah donnie brasco love that movie Uh, anthony Anthony says in 19 
For double forget feet. about it. Forget about it. it means like eight things. Uh, Anthony feet. says in 1990, I had Roberto Kelly and Kelly Gruber, and they were beasts. Wow. Wow. Well, no, was, I'm, uh, I think I'm. Wow. I'm. I'm. I'm not that far back. I think. Me I'm neither. Like, yeah, I'm 99. Frank Thomas. Uh, yeah, I think Ryan Braun in the first round might be ooh. my first. Might be my first first round pick. I'm not was that sure. before the? Uh, the, God, the steroids in the. When well, we took him in the, in the first fridge. round, he had to be good. He had to have been good, right? He had. To he was. Good. He was good. He was an MVP, and then there was like steroids in a fridge or something. Who the hell knows? It was weird. So he should have been a Hall of Famer. I feel like he was that good. He could do it all. He should have been a Hall of Famer. It feels like. But you think? Yeah, I think you think that. Well, maybe not just the steroids, but the way it got handled. Right? It was pretty. Ugly. Oh yeah, the mental side of it. Him, it fucked his life up forever. I really feel that he 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 couldn't go about anywhere because everybody knew his business, and that has a big impact on some of these people. Some people deal with it better than others. Derek Jeter can hit clutch home runs in front of millions of people in a raging pressure pack situation, and it was no thing to him. Other people, that's not their bag. Uh, Chad says, "I started in '98." Right when I started, Chad, and won my first championship in 03 with Kelly Holcomb at quarterback. Oh, we're talking football now. That was the year the Browns went to the playoffs with Kelly Holcomb. I remember that. That was weird. That was bizarre. Uh, oh, then finally, <laughs> first year is Jamal Charles. Whatever Jamal Charles's rookie year was, that was my first. Rookie. Oh, man. I remember he won me a title in 2013. He was on fire that year. And then Anthony says, we would look up box scores manually and enter stats yep. in our home league. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dude, that... I, I grew up around it. My my dad played Stratomatic. Oh, yeah. That's classic. That's classic for sure. Everybody did this box score thing back in the day because this is how you did it. You had USA Today, and then you had yep. to go through the box scores. I've heard this story by a lot of people. I'm not Anthony... that <laughs> No, me neither. Computer, but, but it was not nearly what it is now as far as data oh. and accessibility. Yeah, it wasn't at all. Like, I, man, I'm thinking back, and it was, you know, home runs and runs and ribbies. Right? Is this true, John? You got in your first auction with them uh, Yeah, it was great. I actually, I think I got off to a pretty good start, too. I think I did pretty well for myself. Although, like a lot of my teams, they looked a lot better in March than they're doing right now. I mean, wait, wait, I, wait, I, wait, wait. You're supposed to be perfect, okay? You do fantasy uh, baseball analysis for a living. Yeah, well, well, one thing I think that's been, it's been fun for me at least, hopefully not, maybe not as much for people follow me, has been, I think is, and this goes back to what we were just talking about with, with me playing and coming from points leagues. It's a different analysis, probably more of a pure hitter analysis, which is still something I think I'm very good at. I, I have not been good at figuring out how to put the puzzle together. Right, so Roto is so very different because of the disproportionate weighting to unique skills, like steals, which I discard in points. They're worthless. You know, right. they're not worth any. You don't care about them. Because... So it's better to say you struggled. Do you struggle honestly with switching to different formats? I well, I have struggled. No, I, I guess I can't say that because. My first move into Roto, I excelled. I won every public league I played in, 12 team. Oh. But when but when I made the move to 15 team NFBC, the floor is the same color as my face, and they're both very greasy right now. I mean, <laughs> and, and it is what it is. I wear I'm I I wear it very proudly because I have been taking all these lumps in public. And you know, it's not it's not easy to do that. As I'm no. being very honest, as I'm being very honest with people. Like I did, you know, I did this whole series for Mayo in the preseason. I have, I, I, I hopefully I'm able to go over them at the All Star break. Mike, I am very proud. I have a library of home run calls 
and it didn't translate into Roto success whatsoever. I've done very well at point leagues. I've done very well prop betting and betting this year. And Roto, nope, because the, the, the overlap is not the same. And I can give you one more. Even in my most terrible teams, I'm a I'm a 50-point pitching guy even in tough NFBC leagues. Mm, but unfortunately, I'm like a – yeah, but unfortunately, I'm like a 12-point hitting guy or an 18-point <laughs> – I'm serious. It is it – is, it's absurd. And I built these teams with calculators and random past experienced players. I just want to be, I want to be very clear. But this year – and maybe I'm beating myself up unnecessarily, although I'm not going to give myself the pass – the environmental shift we saw and how it impacted power really burned. I mean, this is what I complain about. Well, I passed on a lot of the big power up front. Because you thought you'd get it later. Big thinking you'd get it later. The depth was there. You thought I didn't. I, I, the problem is I didn't ignore it. I had all my eggs in the Mitch Hanniger basket and that basket. Is that's that, a flu. You, know, you can't do anything about an injury. That happens. Yeah, but so, what? Are you, yeah. But other people are drafting, and guys like Rob. <laughs> you know, listen. Rob has injuries. I'm sure he's in first place in every damn league he's in because he <laughs> is he is exceptionally good at Rob DiPietro is yeah. exceptionally good at putting the puzzle together. <laughs> he also he also has the advantage of not putting all of his thoughts out every day like I do. Right. I mean, and again, that's my own fault. It's not to blame anybody, but facts are right. We should be honest with all of our data points but i understand that i have a but i understand i have a failing in building the rosters so i always tr- strive to get better something you and i always speak about really it feels like so i try to find a partner now here i am right fantasy baseball Ooh. a lot of work a lot of successful teams have two people in them i i hate to be boastful but god damn people pay me for pitching analysis i i don't want to be I, I i it's okay for me to be confident in it and so I talked about in my video recently, man. You have skills. You have to be an advocate for them. That's okay. It doesn't mean you're cocky or arrogant. Just yeah. be real about what you can offer. They okay. also, those skills are a very good overlap from my professional handicapping work. Start, right? Start. The starting pitcher is the starting pitcher in fantasy and in betting. So it yeah. shouldn't come as a surprise that I am specialized. I don't want to say an expert. I'm specialized in this. However, you are. When it comes to individual fantasy hitting, I don't really do that work. I'm dealing with team statistics and team trends more than individual hitters and usage patterns. Mm. So there is the first bit of disconnect. And then the knockout blow for me is that it takes a special hand in managing these things. Right? If you, Again, I am from a weekly point league mindset. Learning the Roto game, the thing I learned, again, novice learning, I'm not trying to pretend I'm something I'm not, was let it be. You know, this is not head-to-head. You don't have to, you know, (laughs) let it, let the baseball card come to you, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean no matter what, but that's what I did. So I had a very passive approach to fantasy baseball, not noticing that Sharps like Rob and like Zach and Dave and you know guys we've become friends with but also are, are very 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 sharp I mean they are extremely sharp this is not me powdering their asses well, they live know. and breathe it yeah they yeah and and right they and 
the specific actionable aspects that I don't. The maximization of plate appearances, how to look ahead, something that I don't now, something I don't do. I don't have enough time, which is why I was looking for a partner to help me with the offensive minutiae. Because that makes sense. There, You're, you have a is, hole. You're trying to fill it. But it's got to be me at this point, Mike. This is uh, hold on. I know, uh, before you make any excuses for me, this is season two. 11 different humans. We're only in July, and I've been playing solo since May. And it's the second year in a row that I had, I think it was either five and six or six and five different partners in multiple leagues. So it's very funny. Like, if you go, I love, you know, Zach is uh, our Putin. He has dossiers on everybody. So, you know, he'll tell you, you know, he's he's our CIA. He'll tell you your your backstory, which is very funny. My NPC is all these horrible, horrible losses. But you don't see my name is on it, but they're all shared leagues with newbies that are trying to uh. people, people trying to understand. These are teams with first-timers, which is why I play a lot of, um, main event qualifiers with partners or draft champions with partners. Cause these are people coming from 12 team leagues that have never seen the 25th round, you know? Yeah. And I'm hoping that I could find just a little bit that I need and I haven't been able to, and I'm not going to throw anybody into the bus, but even people that you and I know I've tried working with and it just hasn't worked. So I finally found the blame in the mirror and hopefully maybe Pat Mayo will sponsor some kind of bachelorette style show where I find my partner. <laughs> this is John. You know, loving fantasy analyst seeks, you know, I seek partner and every week I'll be giving away a spreadsheet. Now the hell you know you say, Mike, <laughs> you do receive a spreadsheet this week and you could stay, but uh, damn it. I haven't been able to figure it out. And again, I'm, you know, most points in my home point league. Again, I, 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 I don't know. I'm hoping now that I've been getting more into DFS and kind of prop playing that it'll help me more with my fantasy play. I have noticed one thing. Doing a again, if I could plug my own thing, you know, I do the show on for Mayo Monday through Friday. Please, it's a twenty-five. It's a twenty-five minute show. Um, so it's and obviously I'm fast hitting. I squeeze five pounds of shit into that three pound box every day. Always but, have. But yeah, I really. Yeah, we we always have. But <laughs> we also do have a producer there, and he cuts it into pieces. So it, it, we do DFS, fantasy, and betting. Now I do try and tie theory and application analysis throughout. But if you were just looking for the fantasy stuff, it's literally five minutes a day. And I even have custom graphics and stuff that has made me a much better player, even in these highly competitive leagues. So now where, Mike, I got out to a bad start and was in 10, 11, 12th, those leagues are all in 4th, 5th, and 6th. Which 4th, 5th, and 6th at the All-Star break, I don't want to say it's 1st. But, no, but, but unless you're unless you're in 1st and I mean, a mile ahead. To me, first is third is fourth. You're one week away from all or two weeks away from all of that. I and, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, listen, I'd rather be in fifth coming from 10th than fifth coming from first. You know what I'm saying? Like my trajectory. Sure. Players oh, getting healthy, right? Like, um, like Teoscar Hernandez, right? He was on a lot of 15th place teams in the first month. Now he's. Mm-hmm. Good to have Teoscar Hernandez. And I'm sure there yeah. were players in the other direction, right? You had players that played out over their skis that now were normalizing. That Brand, I, uh, I Brandon Drury. Like, Brandon Drury. Well, he's 
He's been actually really good. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that it's, it's not gonna last. Him. That party's no, over. See, I'm no, I'm I like I think you know what he played he was with my Yankees when he Oh he hurt. you you were the first like to say it. this. I'll give you full credit. You said like that it. Cincinnati's ballpark is the most friendliest offensive environment yeah. now. It's not Coors yeah. anymore. Coors is out. It's Coors. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take, you said- I take Cincinnati over Coors because I it's more home run friendly. Yeah. And yep. we've seen, so, oh my God, Hunter Green looking like it's insane. Oh, so if Brandon crazy. Drury doesn't go anywhere, then you, your yeah, contention oh, would probably be that. Yeah, it's, you know what? You added a really, I'm like Mr. Nuance, and that was a really, a really good addition because it is the truth. It's, and I do feel very strongly about Drury and him being a stick for the rest of the year. If he were to get moved, I, you have to probably reconsider that. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree with that. Because and he, that he fits the profile. A guy, yeah, a journeyman yeah. uh, who's hot right now, could be sold for yeah. parts. In a team that's right. going nowhere. I'm just saying, something to yeah. think about. So, and no, you've always got to be prepared for that. All, there's yeah. several eventualities always in play for all types of different players. Yeah. And that's one example of that. But I respect that you're always honest about how things are going. You and I have always been, not that people are in denial, but not everybody out here is willing to tell you when they suck or when they make yeah. the wrong call. Uh, I'll wear it proudly because I want people to know that I'm just like you. I'm just a regular human being. There's no superpower that puts me in front of a camera or Mike, that allows me to speak openly to the public. Mike, I've actually heard from some very sharp people. You pretty much, I guess we'd be the opposite. Although I do, I am very good at taking L's. I heard you're quite the player actually. And I've had most people say, like you, oh, and you might not. They always have to feel like they have to preface it, right? You might not know it from some of the shtick, let's say. But I've heard you. I've actually been told you're quite the player, uh, surprising both at the draft room and in season. That's for sure. Oh. That's for real. I mean, that. I've heard that. I appreciate that. And, yeah. And you hear the opposite about me. Man, he's really smart. <laughs> but I, I don't know. What, again, listen, I just didn't know how to. I didn't know how to manage the damn things. I kept, well, you know, I'd I'd run guys that were healthy out there just because they were healthy. Like if you didn't have the box. Because I didn't have enough time to set my lineup. So, all right, Cole Calhoun is healthy. He plays. But the guy's batting 100 over the past five weeks or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, co-management is something I find fascinating because that's what you're doing. You are doing that. And I only well, have one anymore. team. <laughs> yeah, well, not even. But you've been trying. In your <laughs> eternal dance. In yeah, your yeah. eternal dance to find the perfect partner in the spreadsheet of eternity. I got to tell you that. The only one I do is the tag team league I'm in, which you have done the broadcast of. You've done yes, the draft. Yeah. yeah, so you know this league because you've been like the analyst. You're like the Howard Cosell or the oh, yeah, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. The, I mean, Jimmy the Greek, uh, his career kind of fell apart, so that's not really well, relevant. Both of those guys anymore, have pretty but... bad endings, but it's okay. I either got your point. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, Howard. God damn it. Howard had a Hall of Fame career, and then he fucked up. What an idiot. God. I mean, he had a, yeah. him, him and Muhammad Lee were best friends. So that's a whole another can of worms, yeah, I guess, yeah, that we yeah, can yeah. leave to other people to dissect. But my point being is that you know the Tag Team League well. It's run by Maddie Davis, Maddie Wood. Shout out to him from FTN <laughs> Network. And I got to tell you, I'm a fan of it. But I don't love co-management otherwise. But my partner's Eric Cross. And we're way ahead right now. We're like 20 points ahead in first. So you're talking about unless you're way ahead. This is the only league where we're... We're blowing them out of the water. We're just killing it. We got like 127 points, Can and I the next closest team right? has 101. Like, what really went right for you? Could I ask? Well, <laughs> it's undeniable that we, like many others, are big, big benefactors of the John Bertie experience. Thank you, okay. John Bertie, because we went from second to last in steals to fourth in steals. 
because oh, of him. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah, that's a bit. That's one. huge. But you had to succeed at the draft. Yeah, I think. Uh, Aaron, um, Aaron Judge oh. or or like a um, Julio well, Rodriguez or something like that? Well, the thing was, yeah, we, we drafted, we waited on pitching, but we took guys that were worth waiting on that some people were like, well, I don't know, is he going to do that again? Like Logan Webb was our first pitcher off the board, and that was in the 50s or maybe the around the 60th yeah, pick. I remember that. And he's... Solid. He's been that guy Solid. who we yeah. saw last year. He's yeah. very reliable. And, yeah. and at this point, yeah, we're at, well, so we're at 129 and a half points. The next closest is John Fish. And whoever the hell John Fish's partner is, I still don't know who Fish's partner is in this league. It's a friend. But they're at uh, 107. Ah, it's a secret friend. Okay. But, yeah, I guess you're right. The draft went really well. And just the John Bertie thing to me is what will – it might possibly lock up the title because you could have a lead. We had a lead last year, John, and we blew it. It fell apart. We didn't finish in third place. It was very, very, very disappointing for us. Did you feel like, was it what I said before, you kind of rested on your laurels, players that maybe you were running out there too long? Or sometimes, listen, you just got to, it just has to happen. It's just not in the cards. It just seemed like it happened. Like we, because we were still trying and we, we communicate pretty well, me and Eric. It just, it just fell apart. And Zach Waxman caught fire. His, him and Curlin just took off. And he's a tough competitor. So sometimes you just get beat outright, and that happens. And that's okay. But if you look at our draft real quick, John, we took the risk on taking Acuna number one at our 12th overall pick. And the Steels have been huge with him. He's been mostly yeah. healthy, yeah. even though he seems to be out of the lineup every other day. He's that that didn't enough. blow he's up in our face. Yeah. Right. Yep. First five picks are Acuna, Acuna, Trout, Matt Olson, Starling Marte, Austin Riley. All five of those oh. guys have been pretty productive. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say. Yeah, you know what's so funny? No Even pitching right off the bat. How good! It's so funny. I'm thinking back on my on my like misses, and my misses are are pitchers, and I'm still good at pitching because I I I always so on top of I I handicap every game every day, so I'm I know on you all do. the pitchers. <laughs> so I'm on so I'm on top of all the pitchers first, really. You know, and generally we're very good at not chasing the the young guys that are not going to be very good. And going after the peripheral stats and stuff like that. So, like, I, I – man, it's such a killer to think back. And, you know, I was so excited about this year. Right? And that's how I got – I guess it's not even over because a lot of those guys that blew up in my face, like, you know, does Hanniger come back and have a big second half? Guys I missed on, like, does Lucas Giolito correct, you know, correct the ship? Does Trevor Rogers correct the shift? Those are big misses. What about and Blake Snell? All guys I really liked. Mm, Looking back, I'm yeah. not sure how much more. Now, granted, I definitely see the pushback on Snell. He was going last. I still like Giolito. I still like Trevor Rogers. So here I am. I'm like, gosh, I have teams that are like, they're in 12th <laughs> place. You want to burn them to the ground. But you go to set your lineup, and it's like, this guy's good, 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 good. <laughs> and you almost don't know what to do with it. And then you think back. I remember when Rob Silver would tell his story about the main event that he was doing terribly. But almost, and again, I'm not trying to tie like I'm going to have some kind of outcome. Oh. But but I, I am trying to tell myself not to give up because you feel like it's over, even though it's July and you're not doing very well. You see these standings, but the pendulum does swing. Where the same it way it was like that in the first half. It could flip, and you know, granted, I it will. Need, it will. I probably need injuries that are not my guys. Those happen. I need some very good players who had bad first halves to have good second halves. That's also something that happens. 
So that I is true. I, I'm not trying to say that this this season is over for me. I know I made it sound like that. In my draft, I mean, there are draft champions teams. And I don't know if people are unfamiliar. Draft champions teams you can't add to, right? The, the 50 round door. It's a 50 closes. round draft and hold, do or die. There are those teams that burn. Some of those teams crash and burn. You know, it just happens, yeah. I guess. Like you miss well, on closes well, look, or whatever. I want to mention something, but I'm going to mention it momentarily. But I want to show you real quick. So if you look at our draft board, going back to meet Eric Cross, we scored huge on Tony Gonsolin in the 21st round. He's been the NL leader in ERA. That's huge. Yeah. That's that's the kind of pick that can win you a league. And then you look in front of him, Luzardo, Hendricks. I mean, these are not – these are terrible picks that didn't do – I mean, Luzardo got hurt, and Hendricks has been trash. But uh, Anthony Bender hasn't done anything. Our last few picks are awful. James Karinczak, Chris Paddock, and Emilio Pagan. I mean, that's pretty bad. So – Hold on. The lesson, the lesson is just that. You were, you didn't marry yourself to those players. I, I'm sure every one of those last five picks, which Mike, I'll admit now, stink. You know, whatever. You oh, hell placed yeah. them and moved on. And so what? Yeah, right. So what? Well, I that's what the last five picks are about. You take some flyers and you move on. So I want to, I want to bring up one of my, I, you know, I was, uh, when I was doing the fantasy pod before the season, I had Modique on. I was talking about having, you know, one of the best. One of the the best fifteenth place teams in history, and you know that's kind of how I feel about. It. It's just how I feel about some of these teams. Like I can't, I just, I can't believe I have last place teams. It's so heartbreaking. I know. I can't believe I it. Like, how could you have? How could you have last place teams? Um, here, listen. And this is look. I'm looking at it right now. It just doesn't sound. It just doesn't sound like it should be that bad. You know, like the offense, yeah. Varsho, Stasi. Javier Baez, O'Neill Cruz, Josh Rojas, Mike Oof. Trout, Riley Green, Yadi Hernandez, Trey Mancini, G-Man Choi, Luis Arias, um, Eugenio Suarez, Mitch Hanniger is on the bench, but Tyler Naquin. And that's this, this that doesn't really sound like a last place team, but it's a dead, <laughs> dead last. So I'm in this like weird craw- turning point, tipping point where it's like, Either yeah. I'm way too high on my own skills and I need to come take myself down a peg and these are not good players or it was just a perfect storm of sucking or maybe this turns around or... Like, There's some oh, injuries God, there. Or... There's a few injuries in those players. Oh, yeah. I've had quite... I, so. I've had quite a... I, I hate... I feel like everyone deals with injuries. But I also feel like, gosh, they find me... You can have injuries. And then there are like targeted injury clusters that sink the boat. And it's just a killer. Um, all right, big. Here, here's a big one for me. A good, big reason why I have teams that should be very good and are not. Brandon Lau and Jonathan Inda. Like we went back to back to grab See, my middle infielders, and I had I got nothing. I got nothing. Those are great players. players. I like both those players. Their their talents are worth. They're doing nothing. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's it nothing you can do about that. So if you nothing. have, if I have low India. Hanager combos on so many teams that are just rotting, sitting next to Liam Hendricks, who's on the shelf, and your heart just just breaks. You know, it oh, it's funny. Gialdi, is, this is uh, for Anthony in there. If anyone does not follow Anthony, I know he's not like a content producer per se. His stuff is oh, awesome. he's great though. And I absolutely suggest you go back to the appearance he did on Draft Champions Network with Zach and the boys. Yeah. I guess it's really Rick Poundstone's podcast, but anyway. 
<laughs> Anthony, Anthony spoke in detail about this in a way that I'm not able to because I have neither the experience or the track record that he does. But it was to this point that we're at. Because here I am, Mr. Cold Emotion, and it's the truth. I I, I don't want to say I don't care. It's 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 for me. I care about me. You know what I mean? Like I was like Drago. Yeah, yeah, I went from you know fight for me. That whole like <laughs> it's not like this. I need to win and the money. I'm this is purely an an individual competitive with me in the mirror. I don't care about any of the boasting or the bluster. I don't care about any of that. It means nothing to me. Sure. And if I decided to not care, I could just go fly a kite and start playing Marble Run if I wanted to. But I I really want to get better at this. And his info that day, like, man, it, like like alien. And I couldn't get it off. And now it's just a part. It's a part of me. And until it comes out either my stomach or the back end, you know, I'm going to keep applying it. And we'll see how it goes. So I'm, I'm with it. His whole thing was to do just that. He had just said, good players are going to be good. Bad players will end up being bad. You know, you got to let it happen. But it's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, you got to let go too. Part of it is the skillful art of saying goodbye to a player is something that not everybody masters. Some people luck into, uh, frankly, they don't have the art. They're just like, well, they dropped a guy at the right time and it worked out, or they picked up yeah. a guy at the right time. Yeah. Uh, Anthony here says, John and Mike, do you find yourself diversifying early picks in draft season? Or do you get on a few guys and pick them as much as possible? John, I feel like are you you're a diversification guy, aren't you? Yeah, for, for me it's for me it's a triangle. So the further away I get from the top, the more willing I am to diversify. Um wait, right. Yeah. Yes, correct. So there's I don't want I don't want a first round pick on every team. If that pick goes down, the damage might be irreparable. When we get to the middle, the problem this year, if you notice, the guys I mentioned, like Brandon Lau, Jonathan India, were in the same range at the same position. So yep. it didn't yes. matter. I have one or both of them everywhere. There was, no, <laughs> there was no way out of it. There was just no escaping this. It's the beat nuts. Damn! And it's just, you know, it just is what it is. It just is what it is, you know? Joe doesn't believe you. There's no way John Legaza would ever fly a kite. Let's go fly a kite up yeah! to the highest <laughs> height. No, I have, I have... I think he would oh, fly the shit out of a kite. Well, hold on, hold on. Everybody, everybody is right. The answer is I absolutely do anything for my kids. I'm obsessed with my family. I, love, that, I can I love vouch them. for that. However, yep. however, however, uh, we're city people through and through, and it's a parachute kite. So it's like a beginner's kite that a any monkey could fly. You know, it's not like <laughs> a kite that you need to know anything about. It is the equivalent of somebody put a string on a really nice shopping bag and you just fly it in the wind. Like any, <laughs> seriously, any bit of wind takes this thing up in the air. There's plenty you of garbage like, in New York City floating around. You yeah, can make you a, plenty like of kites. So. And the amazement of a kid watching that, you know, it's anyway. So hey, somebody made a movie out of that. It was a whole garbage bag floating on camera. They made a movie that about a that in 1999. I don't, it wasn't Mer about the garbage bag, but it's a good movie. Right, yeah. American Booty? I still like it. Uh, you can't talk about Kevin Spacey, though. He's over. Uh, I will tell you this. We're talking live with Johnny L. Follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. It's MLB Moving AVG. I'm at MJ Govier on Twitter. It's Plausible Podcast Two L's. You talk. Two Z's, of Give course. Give me two. The point I wanted to go back to, John, was about the. This is not really what you would do, I feel like. So I want to get your response. I have a simple, simple, simple take that is about the law of averages. 
which could be a fallacy in itself, but I don't think it is. Uh, I want you to respond to that, but it's about fantasy baseball. A player who sucks. Generally, I would say out of eight out of ten times, they're not going to suck forever. There's going to be a turning point. It might not turn when you want it to, but based on that person's skills and what you know about their experiential knowledge that you've had through watching the game and betting on the game and playing fantasy baseball for years and years and years should give you some insight into when a player will turn it around. You might not nail it perfectly, but I think whether they're going up or they're going down, it's going to go a different way eventually because it's a long, long season. That's just how the game works. How do you feel about this? Is it off base or is there slight adjustments you would make to this commentary? No, that's, I mean, from a macro point of view, it's, it's 100% correct. If I could get a little more granular, I mean, to be honest, that's the moniker, the moving averages moniker, waka, 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 you know. But it really is the truth. My entryway into this industry was, in fact, just that. Trying to quantify when to drop a player was the very first thing fantasy-related that got me into the industry. Oh, okay. Because I didn't know when to drop a player. When do you drop them? It became an emotional exercise. (laughs) Dropping guys when at the very, very bottom, right before they explode, right? And vice versa, those things bleed into a lot of trading terms and stuff, you know, and it really becomes the case, right? That you need to unlearn what you have learned. You need to be buying dips and selling rips, not looking for continuation in perpetuity. I know it sounds like a mouthful, but it really is the truth meaning. I agree. If something's moving up, right? If something's moving up, we should not be looking for that to always continue and vice versa. Generally, life happens in rectangular patterns. As a macro and as a micro, it it comes in the form of sine waves, right? So this is, I'm kind of answering the question in my own kind of circuitous way. Please do. When review, let's view player X. He's very good. Let's simplify him to Woba, which I think is a very good stat. It's amalgamated, right? It kind of takes everything. It's going to move up, man. I wish if I was screen sharing, I would show you. I've covered a bit of this at the athletic, uh, the rolling chart article I did is about this. Okay. I don't have the technological means to fully present the theory because it takes, oh God, I've had this price. It's tens of tens of thousands, if not more to make the program that I need. I mean, there's a trading. We need a trading platform for baseball statistics. Huh. Even in an average, will give you an idea of a trend. Okay, so now let's think of a trend, a trend line. The more you zoom out, the flatter the line looks. The more you zoom in, the more imperfections you see. And then, right, that makes, that makes sense. Right, because things are always oscillating, right? Over the course of three years, year over year, Amazon looks like it just goes straight up. When you zoom in, you notice there's up and down days that make this this oscillating wave, right? So in trading, in trading terms, we use different moving averages. So now if people aren't familiar, let's let's leave them another feather in the cap. So moving average, right, is just is just that. A seven-day moving average is the average of the total the past seven days plots on the chart the next day you take the last seven so the first the last number that was included in yesterday's is replaced with today's and now you keep doing that you're moving blocks of the last seven 
plotting. The problem with, and again, all props to Fangraphs. They're phenomenal. They're doing the Lord's work. If somehow oh, yeah. them, you're going to see me in the street, hopeless, <laughs> you know, not knowing where to go, yelling at the sky. Like, I mean that. We but, all would. Yes. And I do appreciate, I do appreciate that they, they give you the ability to chart, but the problem is it's, it's stunting understanding because they're not being used properly. Now, although they offer an enhanced, enhanced perspective, the application of moving charts is in their interaction. So if you're only seeing one at a time, you're always going to be behind me, let's say. And that was before the chicanery with the ball, when I was first getting into the business, why I was decimating the betting market. You know, we were so far ahead of the trends. It was it was like sickening. My, you yeah. know, but that caught, the books caught up to me. They started moving prices, putting out prices later on. And now I'm in this like, me and the casinos are in this like death lock right now. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. That's what I get for. I know they're in my, whatever. I know they're listening because they're in my DMs all the time. Sure they me. are. What are you doing next? And I'm like, I tell them because I'm an idiot. Well, once somebody pays me to shut up, that's what I will. But anyway. <laughs> so back to the waves. So player is in his block. Okay. He trends up. He's trending up. Let's say year over year over year is a good, right? A good player is one that's improving. The thing is, again, as we zoom in, we're going to see ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, ups and downs. Without seeing them, Mike, and the patterns that they create, man, I really, I wish I could screen share because you can't yeah. believe the form that these take. And I really highly recommend that people check out the article or maybe, gosh, maybe we'll post one on Twitter. If you take, it just remind me, we'll put one up on Twitter. There's some really stark, awesome examples of it out there. Yes, yes. That when you visualize these waves, there are times when you'll say, all of a sudden that month slump won't look like the end of the world. It'll look like the expected and anticipated leg of a greater forward move. That is the ultimate perspective. That It's like, it's the answer to what we're looking for is quantifying the downslide inherent. That's that the inherent and inevitable downslides within these greater patterns. For every player. Where the moving averages come from, and this has been my counter. This uh, hopefully I'm going to be covering this in the off season. It's too in depth right now. Sure, but it's been. And I, I love Johnny Anderson at Rotoball. He does really good work. He has a fantastic free tool for people. It's really just otherworldly. How helpful. oh, I keep hearing his uh, name a lot. I don't know John him as well. Had, I gotta yeah. Listen, I know he his Twitter stuff pisses some people off. The work is so good. I don't care what he's talking about. He has right now the preeminent fantasy baseball tool is on John Anderson's Twitter page for free. Okay. That is a fact of the matter. It is the preeminent tool right now because where Chamberlain's board is phenomenal. Alex will admit he only updates it with pitcher rotations. So it's five days or so. Johnny's is granular with offense. It's light and quick and updated every day. Pretty much. It's phenomenal. Pitching splits, individual pitchers, and time sorting these things—it is just, uh, just out of control. It's other, it's otherworldly. Now, oh, uh, so okay, so now again, he's a data scientist. I've had him on my show. I've been on his show. He's probably two or three orders of magnitude smarter than I am. 
Now, I've also made my bones in this world going right up to the smartest people and disagreeing with them when I think I have a valid argument. I'm not afraid. I will not be bullied, browbeaten. I don't care how many IQ points you have on me. Mine, admittedly, is probably lower than some people's favorite sexual position. But anyway, <laughs> the fact is this. I, I, I thought that I had something, right? So you kind of go after it and... The crossing, so again, the interaction of these waves that right now is not available anywhere. I've paid for a prototype that I'm not allowed contractually to even show people, which is stupid now, begging them. I'm like, you want me to promote this thing that I'm not allowed to show people? But anyway, if you're listening out there, idiot, please let me publicize this stuff. The <laughs> idea being, you can be on crossing waves that will contradict the idea of hot, and that's why I mentioned Johnny. Johnny has done some extensive work trying to buck the idea of hot players, right? That hot is a thing. The problem with Oh, that- yeah, him and Samolsky have been going head-to-head on this. Uh, yeah, very interesting. So the problem with, and that John, because he really is very smart. He's, really, he's very understanding. He's very malleable. He's a very smart guy. The problem with data scientists is, right, you know when they say when your only tool is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail? Apply that with a calculator for data scientists. You know what I mean? Like they just, everything is something that can be figured out. How many milligrams of chicken nuggets should I give the kid? Well, it, that's, sometimes it's not. You get a handful and you throw it in the air fryer. Sometimes that's the answer to life. That it's not all granular, granular, granular. Because sometimes you zoom in so much, you miss the entire picture. The entire thing becomes blurred. So the beef was, John was trying to define hot as like last seven or last 14 the problem with that, and this is where this goes again in my, you know, circumventing way, is that <laughs> when you look at things in terms of waves, a player can be coming off of an objectively strong last seven, meaning let's say 800 OPS or better, but I'm not on him because you deemed him hot using a definition that I'm not using. To me, he's not hot. I don't care. Hot to me is not 800 OPS last seven. He lost hot status when his shorter-term WOBA moving average crossed below the longer-term moving average, creating a macro bearish trend, something that no one is talking about. I mean, and I, at, when I first thought, I was getting laughed, laughed about. Now it's like, oh, maybe really. Maybe. Idiot knows what he's talking about. Yes, maybe this idiot <laughs> does know what he's talking about. Idiot. But, well, I'm two idiots at least rolled in one. Which is my kind of idiot, John. I'll say yeah, that. So. Right, probably, yeah. Mike, you know what I love? You're not just an idiot. You're my idiot. <laughs> 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 but but to, so in eight and a half million words or less, when do you get rid of players? Well, probably you're getting rid of them at the wrong – not you, but probably you're getting rid of them at the wrong time. Yeah. So the answer is, when do you get rid of them? Is after you have properly taken a step back from the general trend and look at this thing. I highly recommend, again, and it's my, you know, athletic charges. I'm not trying to show for them. I, I know some of you. No, hey, look. Nothing, but it's worth it. for something. Yes. Yeah. Listen, even if it's like, I, they do the dollar a month, $2 a month, man, even if you get them for one year and cancel, get a free month and leave, oh, whatever, I'm in trouble for that, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? The, the information is, is really, is really important, you know, and that, the, the, my stuff there, I really take very seriously because people pay and I, I feel like if people are paying, they, they deserve yep. the extra oomph. 
You know, I, I, t- like I take it very seriously too. I'm yeah, with you. I yeah. know you do. I know you, you're Mike, your work reeks of effort. <laughs> you know, it reeks of effort. <laughs> but Thank you, you. Know, you know what? Well, in today's day, only in today's day and age would that be considered an insult, right? Ooh, he works hard. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, look at him working hard. <laughs> but so that's you your answer. Gross is, me is, out. Yeah. Well, your answer is before you are reactive, try your best to be proactive. Meaning like a drop decision is not something that should happen in a day because these things we're watching different time periods. You should be thinking a week in ahead or, you know, because for me, a drop is a very big deal. Uh, uh, well, provided we're not talking about streaming catchers or something, right? A drop is a big deal. There's a player that you invested in time, research, analysis. And like you said, you don't want, have the player you love off your team and now producing for somebody else giving you the top mm. end of the sine wave what the you worst paid, you paid for that sine wave if you ate the bottom of it i'm not saying you have to hold on for the top but if it's a great player you do like you can imagine i'm now i don't think anyone's dropping mike trout but we do see great players go on unbelievably bad runs how about juan soto maybe juan soto is a good example mike would you have ever guessed that there would be a 300 plate appearance sample, he'd be batting 200, 220, or whatever. It'd be hard pressed to really believe that would happen it without would be being hurt. Thing. That he played every day, Mike. He's playing yeah. every day. And if I told you he's hitting home runs, and you say, "Wait, he's so he's healthy?" Can't believe it. What are you going to drop Juan Soto? No, I guarantee you. I, I, oh, I, I this is how I feel. I feel so strongly about this. I almost guarantee you, if we look at his Woba chart, you're going to say, "Oh, look." Oh, you're going to say he's going to have this this very strong, stretch-out, bullish channel. And because the down legs are so far between each other, you just never expect them to come. This one's probably lasted longer than the other ones, coupled with some bad luck, right? And that's when you pull your hair out. Now, granted, again, (laughs) you're dropping Juan Soto. I'm trying to think of a better... Of like well, good players that maybe people are dropping that they shouldn't have. Well, let me show you this real quick because you mentioned him. So let's just go right to the source. And we'll give John full credit on this. This is John Anderson, not John Legeza, who's joining us live. This is from uh, John, who you should follow on Twitter at uh, John, O-J-O-N-P-G-H. Okay. So he's got this. I'm going to show it to you right here. This is Josiah Gray. You know Josiah Gray, right? This is from John Anderson Substack. I want to give him full credit. So this is the rolling average here for his walk percentage for the entire year. So can you look at this and extrapolate anything from this? Well, I mean, one is what I'd be looking. I see I see a rectangle, right? So I'd be thinking from here, the likelihood would be to expect the walk rate to, con- to increase back to, uh, again, this is heading in the right direction, but to that perpetuity, I wouldn't be expecting it to continue to drop. Because okay. we're seeing lower highs, consecutive lower highs, I would conti- expect that to continue. So, you know, um, 13.2, the 13, then even to 11.5, I would be expecting the next leg to move up to, let's say, 11.3, 11.2. Meaning, so I'm just expecting another leg up. And that would be where your decision point would be, would say, okay, here we're again, we're expecting it to go down again. Or right here is actually a good inflection point. Because 
whenever you do chart analysis, you have to understand it's as much art as it is science. And now you see how this 9.8 is at a low. I mean, we probably should be using walk rate, but looking how to use the, the charts matter. Yeah. You know, the charts are what, are what matters. Reading the chart, the stats a little less important. Okay. Where we had a bottom at 10, right? It starts at 10. Yep. Whereas the next low point is 9.9, which is exactly the same as 10. Can't get hooked up on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Where's the next bottom? Right where we are, 9.8, which is essentially the same again. Yeah. So what is to be expected here from a technical standpoint is a rise back up to the next peak. Not, well, look, if the last five dots are going lower and lower and lower, <laughs> so this is going yeah. to keep going lower. It's No, this to me looks like the completion of a bearish cycle within a larger bearish trend. So even though I'm here saying I expect the next leg to be higher by the end of the year i expect that we're seeing his walk rate much lower than it was when the year began but ah. again, within the understanding is you know oh you know what's funny mike i think mike i can actually share scroll oh, i should have had my stuff up. i can actually share my screen oh i'm gonna get something up and we'll, we'll, we'll share yeah sure do that by the way that's john anderson make sure you follow him on twitter i want to give him full credit we're not trying to take advantage of his work or exploit him it was just an example you brought up john he's a good dude i don't know him personally but the work he's doing is no, getting no, really, a lot of buzz so make sure you follow him on twitter at j-o-n-p-g-h john anderson j-o-n-p-g-h we're live here with Don Legaza. He's going to pull up a file here. He's going to share a screen. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I'm going to bring up a boss. I'm going to bring up a boss. You know, listen, we were, talking, we were talking about that, right? So, hold on. So, where is he? That's true. Yeah. Sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. And sometimes when you win, you lose. And sometimes when you lose, you win. That's for a movie, guys. That's right. I like to talk, and I got to tell you, nobody talks as fast or as loud or as with much information as John L. Follow him on Twitter. Oh, wow. Anthony oh, says, I, I love listening to John. John Wax, philosophical on strategy. I love listening to that. Okay. So, Anthony? We, hold on. Now let's see if this works. So I think, Stand I think, by. He's, I think this is going to work because I have a, just a touch of experience on. Um, there it is. I see it. it I'm going to add work? it. Booyah! Oh, wow. I can't believe that worked. We're okay, in the game. So, oh, and if I scroll, I kind of lose it. So I'll, I'll talk. We'll scroll, and then we'll go back to it. So, okay. This okay. was... This is not including this year because I wanted to show you the picture I saw in the off season and then the picture develop. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Which is funny because this is actually this is actually a technical win, but it's an outcome loss. So again, one I don't care about because the input was correct. So here we go. Bobby Dalbeck, very first thing you'll notice is I have a 42 game rolling average. Now I like 42. Number one, it's a quarter of a season. So that kind of has a little something to it. Okay. The thing that matters the most though, is that you use multiples of seven. It, it is absolutely critical. It's critical that you use multiples of seven when using a hitter because of the disproportionate scheduling. Every seven days, the schedules catch back up to each other on the weekends. Mm. You, you, you really don't want to be, you, you want it's, it's not going to ruin the chart, but again, understanding that there is an element of art, we want to have the data as clean as possible. It really is important, and it's just for a teaching standpoint. You know, the thinking of why sure. these things are not—they're not arbitrary. Somebody using ten games is missing this, 
And then I, you know, you should be asking yourself, why are they missing? Why, what else don't they know about this? And that's what I was getting at with people, some people pushing these fan graphs charts to the fore, which I appreciate because there is something there. There's a bit of it's underuse, misuse. It's not intentional or malicious. So I don't mean to assign that to anybody. It's similar to what we went through with Statcaster first. We thought all this new stuff. We not we didn't quite know how to use all of it, and sometimes it gets misused. All right, back to the chart. So okay. here we go, Bobby Dalback. Oh, okay. Now, right off the bat, these numbers are not very right as, as far as zone contact goes. They're not very good. However, the top range of it is at least viable, meaning you can be a power hitter with a 75 to 80% in zone contact rate. If it's below that, no. So okay. he was at this battleground of like losing viability. And again, if you were following Dalback at the end of the second half last year, he was an absolute monster. Right? He was. So, so he's proof positive that you could, you could be like on par with fantasy MVPs with very poor contact rates. Don't listen to people that tell you otherwise. The game is changing. Walks are not that great for fantasy, right? We, being aggressive into into batted ball quality. Now again, I'm not trying to gas up Bobby Dalback just from a theoretical standpoint. So, okay. sure. so let's look at this. Overall, overall, you'd have to say it looks like a descending bear channel. So we're looking just at the top points. If you were to connect all the top points, it almost makes a pure diagonal, right? The fact that it's descending is bearish, heading down. Yeah. However, 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 when we look at the base, the bottom baseline, okay, descending tops with descending bottoms create a channel. We don't have that here. We have descending tops with a flat bottom. Look at connect the bottom points. There are four almost distinct bottoms to this chart that connect in a line. Okay. A flat bottom with an angled top is a pennant or a flag. Ah. Again, how we treat these things, what I was looking for in real time. When you have a pennant, any action inside the pennant is to be expected, whether or not it happens on your watch, it happens according to the needs of your fantasy team, completely irrelevant to the exercise. Okay. However, also remember, though, a pennant, as we're getting closer to the finer point, right, to the closed angle, time is eventually going to get us out of the box. So the clock is always ticking on these things. It's not like a forever situation, right? Sure. At the end of the year, last year, it was very important. We saw a bounce off that bottom. Because, again, Mike, here we go. From game 65 to game 140. Oh, no, the contact rate. Bobby Dalbeck's going to hell in a handbasket. This is happening. Now, granted, there were production. I doubt anyone was dropping him. But what if the batted ball luck had gone the other way, you know? You would have been making the wrong move because you were improperly reading this. So I got the bounce off the bottom. Keep the flag in mind. What happened off the bottom? We penetrated. <laughs> we penetrated that top pennant line. Right? That initial line that we drew across the tops. Yep. Got broken to the upside. 
right? Yes. Now, that is a bullish sign. That's where I based the rolling chart article on. That's what I was screaming about Bobby Dalback for on top of the progression we saw. My expectation here was for a breakout to the upside in in-zone contact. Now, we all know Bobby Dalback stunk this year. Oh, it's true. I, I, I took a first spin a couple of times. I'm a silly boy. What can I tell you? How's his own contact chart look, homie? Woo! Wow. That has exploded. Wait, what happened? Is that what I said? Wait, wait, wait. Hold yeah. Hold, I, I, <laughs> Michael, Michael, I was told, I was told that he's trash. I was told this was a bearish environment. I was told to pull the plug. Now, listen, hindsight being 2020, no, we didn't get the production. Look at this. Look at it. It's a huge. And and again, this is one little example I had at the top of my head. The uh, K rates for hitters all do these all the time. Almost, almost, uh, almost all the time. All right, I'm going to kill it. But that whole stretch was an outlier to everything else we saw prior to that. But there... Right there isn't, and again, right I, when when I made the decision, made the did the analysis, put my neck out there. I didn't have the benefit of the breakout, but I was just explaining to people exactly what you asked me like half an hour ago, which is <laughs> when do we get rid of these guys? And my answer was probably at the wrong time because we're not doing it right because it just takes a nuanced hand. Every player, and this goes to John and I, are going to have what will probably end up being a series of heavyweight debates about this topic. Okay. Um, because of 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 just that, you know, we're we're gonna have to, we're gonna be talking about trends and breakouts, technical analysis, and and all this stuff, hot and not, because I really think the answer is here, and I'm not saying he doesn't. I, we're just. It's not even so much it's not me versus him. We're just kind of presenting two different ideas. Maybe we'll find kind of a, a, a middle point. But, yeah, the, my answer is just always the, the nuanced hand of understanding that, for me, again, hot is not 14, 7, or 30 days. Hot is an individual bandwidth, and every player's is going to be different. Some players are more consistent than others. Let's look at a homie of yours. How about Jonathan Scope? I don't really need to bring up his <laughs> chart to tell you. Again, I, I don't know it. I haven't looked. I would imagine his WOBA chart is very dynamic, that it has a few extreme spikes. Yes. As Spora refers to it, my, one of my favorite sayings that we have, the scopening. That's when right, the, the scopening. Sco- when the scopening happens. And we've That's seen a good one. We've lived it. But remember, his is not going to be – he's not going to give you a gentle hill to roll down. His is you once he it's almost like if he stinks for four weeks, the second he hits a home run, you just add him without asking questions. And then the second he hangs the the sombrero <laughs> in, in yep. eleven days or seventeen days later, whatever it is, it's not it ain't gonna be ninety days. It's gonna be twelve yeah. or eighteen. It's gonna be quick. But you're gonna get homers and average and steals. You're gonna get everything. Yes. And that'll be it. But at the end of the year, you'll see scope more than likely will have. 21 home runs somehow. And you go, when the hell did he have? He's been dragging my team down for three months. Because, that's right. Because you played the baseball card opposed to the waves, right? And that's kind of what I'm getting at. 
Okay. It, well, well, real quick okay. with Dahlbeck, though. What you, <laughs> okay. What you showed us with Dahlbeck, though. Yep. He spiked, but he sucked in 2022. The spikes were the big, big growth on that chart with his Z contact was into 2022. Yeah. So, but his production wasn't there. So what are you saying then? What am I saying? I'm saying he's going to be a discount next year. You know, we need to get some damn playing time. And I'd also say he's been hitting and the Red Sox won't play him. So I, I uh, it's a, a pretty crappy. it's a pretty crappy situation. That that's what maybe, I thought. Yeah. Maybe a certain ball club in a certain northeastern area needs to hire. Doesn't know what they're doing. Mouth, needs a certain big mouth to help explain trend indication. Hey, Dahlbeck's not. Dahlbeck is hardly their problem. Their bullpen has been a disaster well, because of the management of the bullpen and the players within it. It's been a massive problem. After the second half he gave you, and his age, and having Tristan Casas behind him, to not just get in the keys to the car yeah. and either let him crash it or not, this whole doing the hokey pokey with Francis Cordero is so stupid. Nobody uh, is benefiting. Nobody is benefiting from this. Nobody okay. is benefiting from this. So listen. Again, we don't control outcomes. I I haven't paired it with uh, zone contact, uh, exit velocities and stuff. My my guess is a player like Dalback, if he's making contact, it's probably good contact. However, he could be one of the players that has failed to adjust to the lift in the ball. You know, Ooh. we've learned not all fly balls are created equal now. You know, well, but you if know you that. notice, yeah, barrel. Listen, barrels the. I don't know what you call it, subsequent production of barrels, barrel production is down at like 100 points of batting average, right? So that's a big deal. We're no, I notice it anecdotally on the bat. I feel like more, more and more so barrel Mookie Betts line out, barrel Freddie Freeman line out. You're like, what? <laughs> right? It'll say XBA 895 line out in, or like. Oh, uh, Donovan says, I cannot help but think about. Alex Bregman, so hot in 2018 and 19. Down year in 2020 for Bregman. COVID, right? Small rebound and injury in 21. Now what? He has been trending up. Alex Bregman. Yeah, he. the ball changed for Bregman, too. And there was also some other external factors in Bregman's world related to the Astros. And conspiracy theories galore. This is where that starts up, but I don't know. Am I not hearing John, or is that just is that just me, guys? No, 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 that's me. So I'm sorry. Hey, so a, lot of the, right. a, lot, a lot of the underpinnings for Bregman, I think, still look pretty strong, right? So he's walking more than he's striking out. That's excellent. He's putting the ball in the air 46 percent of the time, which I, I think this is what I think is is at the center of the problem here is is elevation, where you see in his more successful years. Bregman's line drive rate was in the low 20s, fly ball rate in the low 40s. That's now swapped. His ah. line drive rate, his line drive rate in these downturns has been the line drive rate is in the high teens. The fly ball rate is up now. And this is something which again makes sense with what we know about the ball. The raise in the seams disproportionately affects hang time. So line drives are where it's at. And, we, you know, we've seen that, like, you know, guy, and especially the beginning of the year when the ball is really made of mush, Tommy Edmond and Christian Yelich, guys that hit line drives. I mean, Jacaro State and I could hit a ball to the moon, but he doesn't hit 
moonshot. I mean, they call it a moonshot because of the distance. He hits line drives. Yeah, he hits those piss missiles that are gone. In a second, <laughs> you know, and those were the ball, right? The ball out floating, having less time to be affected, were not being punished as much. So yeah. I think that's a part of it. Because again, a lot of those underpinnings are extremely strong. His bower rate is still, to be honest, I, his bower rate's a lot lower than I would have thought. In fact, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me he's never posted a bower rate above eight, which is not very good at all. But his wow, his, yeah, his plus ninety zone contact rate is what was keeping him afloat. The problem now is, I think a lot of those balls. The production is down. And now if we go to test that, yeah, Babbitt at 252, which Whoop. is a career low, right? Which is a career low. So I would I would be saying, I would imagine the Astros are on top of this. I, I would imagine he just has to adjust to his bat plane that I think, you know, a lot, listen, a lot of hitters have complained about this, not conspiracy. They no. talked about how 18 and 19, they were being told they had to increase that angle and now you're being told, no, 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 don't lift it, hit it flat, flat the angle, flat the angle, flat the angle. And then yep. we've heard other hitters talk about, uh, I think this was on the Twins, because the Twins went underneath, they went through that organizational They lift. did, yeah. And they were talking Pull about, the ball? Um, no, no, li- well, lifting, sending it up. But the analogy they were using, Mike, was pool, playing pool, and how – the ball could be in the same spot, but you could change you know, the trajectory changes by the uh, yes by the point where, of impact. where you make contact. Yeah, right, right. Where the contact is made. So the idea being was they were they were having hitters aim for just below the center, looking for the lift. And now you don't want that. That's like pure death right now. Yeah, so guys that were guys that were lifting the hell out of balls, like even uh, Sano and Soler, Joey Gallo, guys, that, all the guys that had the thirty-five degree barrels, those are outs. Every one of those is out now. They're trash. Soler has <laughs> kind of been able. Soler's been able to kind of muscle a, a, a few of those, right? Yep. Anthony brought up. Anthony brings up the Crawford boxes in Houston. That's been a huge point of of power for Bregman because of the pulled line drives to drop Rob Dipp's name again. He's very big on that. The understanding that, again, not all line drives are created equal, but pulled balls are much better. And the way Bregman kind of swings is tailored there because the shortest point, um, the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line, right? So he's using the most shortest point on the most shortest point, right? So the quickest way to get it out is on a line drive. The quickest way to get it out is right at the foul pole. So Bregman just has a unique combination of limiting distance needed. You know, so again, sometimes you get that. You get that in the Bronx also. You know what I mean? It's just what it is. If there was a flip side of Bregman, a line drive, piss missile, lefty hitter, he'd have 65 home runs with a 6% power rate also, I guess. Piss missiles! You only get piss missiles from John Legaza, the man, Pittsburgh, the one and only. A Pittsburgh piss like missile comes straight at you. Sounds like a minor league team, though. The Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh piss missiles. Uh, well, it has to be like a like a lesser known, like Port City. You know, like a city known as a yeah. Uh, I want the Punxsutawney piss missiles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Don- yes. yes. There you go. Donovan says fascinating. Thank you, John. Yes, John. You have brought so much to the show. We went a little bit on the analytical tip, which, you know, frankly, on my show, we don't go that deep on it. John, I find this entertainment is important. 
I think it's important to entertain people because you can get a lot of data all over the fantasy yeah. sports I world. You really can. I worry. I worry that I you, I'm not entertaining some enough sometimes. You know, you are entertaining, but you also I think you're one of the guys who you can do both. You're very entertaining. You got high energy. Oh, yeah, you move quickly. Uh, you also bring a lot of information and yeah. interesting angles about everything we just talked about with rolling averages and uh, baseball contact. There's a lot of fun stuff that's interesting and useful. I'm always walking this line, though, John, and I think it's fair for you to consider, hey, am I am I too analytical? But you got to be you in the end, too. Like, what you like, what you're into will come out to others, and that passion is what will connect you. And the comments speak for themselves here, I think, today. But I do think about it a lot. Entertainment, sacrificing knowledge don't ever want to do that we want people to win money we want them to win their leagues we focus on you know season long here for the most part we don't really do dfs or any gambling either but i just want you to know i, I think that what you do is done quite well and Thanks, <laughs> the only the only thing i would say is as someone who understands the game fairly well is maybe sometimes we don't get it being us the masses but maybe that also draws you to the people who do want that minutia so they're down with that and the people who are more i don't know your everyday yahoo 10 team leaguer who just wants to know hey you know do i pick up a guy who would be universally owned in almost every other league or not that may you don't have to cover everything this is another thing too i'm sure you've made the decision about hey i can't cover everything in the world and i'm not going to you have to have a focal point right yeah. Well, yeah, I actually, I talk about that all the time on my own show. Look at even with all of the work that I put in and it, there is no shortage of the work I put in. No, I can't get never. the bullpens. I don't get the bullpens at all. I completely outsource <laughs> it to the guys at recon like Greg. I'm dead serious. I, I am. It's, it's, it, it's almost like shocking to me that there are entire phases of the game that I'm just like, I don't look at that, you know, and look at me here. I am. I'm a uh, you know, baseball analyst round the clock, and I'm like, yeah. I need someone to help me set my hitting. Because I, I can't get to it all, man. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. That I, You know what? Also, I really enjoy the work. Ryan, Ryan Bloomfield, who's about, he's one of my favorites. He tweeted. Yeah, I love Bloomfield. Or two ago about him seeing that he helped somebody is more exciting for him than seeing a good fantasy line for his team. Exactly. And that's all. That's how I'm getting that. Like when people say, like, you know, I finally got that. You know, I, and I, I know I throw a lot to people, and I, I get it. But there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to be done, and the understandings ever, ever evolving and ever changing. You're not going to so, half-ass it though, either, John. That's your you, thing. You like you're going to do it all the yeah, way. Yeah. You know what it is though. I need to learn to probably dial it back. My worry, Mike, is. I worry that people are going to blame me for misses, and I want to look back and say, I drew out the entire thing for you. But sometimes you just got, I don't know, I know I'm not very good at brevity. <laughs> yeah, not my thing. Yeah, yeah, you, there's a couple people in the business who are, I just like Curlin. Curlin is just going to talk and talk and talk, and you cannot stop Mike Curlin from talking. That's just who he is. He knows who he is, so he's not hiding it, and he's not going to be in denial. So the good part is, hey, know who you are, Know what you do. Know your characteristics and your traits. Try to make improvements where you can, but don't try to fret or worry about, hey, am I, uh, like you're saying, bullpens outsource completely. That's great. I'm not the bullpen guy. That's Prospects fine. also to Eric and Pros James Anderson. Exactly. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, and by the way, on our show, you know, Benjamin Chase is a guy, prospects, you need to know about him. Make sure you follow him, check him out. He's a guy that I just met recently, and I was really impressed by him. Very humble, but also funny and extremely knowledgeable. And I'm always looking for people who deserve to have their profile lifted because they can offer something that people need. So that's what you do, John. Keep doing what you do. I'm so glad John came on the show today. You Welcome. don't know who he is for some damn reason. Follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving AVG, MLB Moving Thank you, Average. Man. That was a lot of fun, Mikey. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we did this. The Cork Stats is the show. He's on the Mayo Media Network. He's at The Athletic. Football season's coming up. He does a lot of gambling and betting stuff. So that's all going to be available to you as well. Yeah. He's big. You're big on uh, the. You like playing the first five. I see yeah, that a lot, generally, right? Generally, although, again, me and the books of that the tussle that's going on, they're making it. They're making it difficult because they're screwing around with the pricing. So it's it's on purpose. I mean, it was just it was it was one of the. Oh, last, you're looking for like, the advantage. Well, oh. that was the thing. It was the one of the last pieces of edge, and the casino mm. figured out that we figured it out, and they kind of made their move. And it's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony says there's skill in outsourcing to the right people. You're damn right, man. I am abs- I am hell bent on being efficient. It matters, right? Because yeah. you could. I, and not to say, well, it's funny. I use a treadmill as an example, which I could probably use to use. But hey. my point is, you could run and run and run and not get anywhere sometimes, right? Just because you're kind of moving, it doesn't mean you're. <laughs> I guess it's say, just because you're moving doesn't mean you're progressing, right? So exactly, that, that is important to me. And if I, you know, this is my own show too. This happens again. You know, to just have five to seven minutes a day to cover fantasy and wanting it to matter, I've gone through my own kind of machinations. Like, and where I've kind of settled on a template now, I I didn't really know what I was going to do. We're going to just do news and notes that I want to mine the board that I want to do ads. So, you know, sometimes you've got to be willing to try and fail and then self audit and be willing to say this, the juice was just not worth all that squeezing. So, you you know, you give it to someone else. And I went to Eric Cross for his delicious fruit. As my partner, delicious. It is. Eric's, Eric's got a, <laughs> I could eat peaches for hours, and I could eat Eric's peach for hours. So, oh my God, that was the that was the soundbite we needed. <laughs> hey! All right, thanks everybody for being here on the Palazzo Podcast. Hey, John L is now my Palazzo pal. <laughs> that's right. It's cheesy. It's lame, but that's who I am, and that's okay. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, everybody. For the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. MJ Govier, John Legaza, will. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.